Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? <laughs> no, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. You're going to get a lot of NFL draft talk going forward here on Fantasy Football Today, on Fantasy Football Today in 5, on Fantasy Football Today Dynasty. This is the first draft show that we're doing, though, of the season. And uh, it's, you know, it's after the Senior Bowl where Dave Richard was. We missed you, Dave. Hey, Dave. Oh, I missed you, too. I missed hearing about how you and Heath couldn't figure out what a breakout is or what a bounce back is. Thanks for bringing that up. You getting really angry at him and... (laughs) Creating just an absolute maelstrom of yeah. comments, right? And then someone's already maelstrom or maelstrom. I don't use that word, Dave, because for this reason exactly. So I don't even I don't even I venture think it's into, maelstrom. I think I that. said it wrong. I, I think it time. is too, but I don't. I don't. I'm not interested in finding out right now because I'm just I'm never going to say it. I'm just going to say it. We it's maelstrom. Have, Thank you. Thank you. We're off and running on the show. We also have Emery Hunt here. Welcome, Emery. Yeah. What's going on? What's good, guys? Glad to be back on the show. Listen, I need have, to know. Have you ever been caught in a maelstrom, <laughs> Emery? <laughs> I don't know what that is. So I don't want to say yes or no. A powerful <laughs> whirlpool in the sea or a river? Never. You won't catch me in water unless it's taking a shower. <laughs> Not a beach guy, huh? <laughs> Not a beach guy. Not a beach My guy. My tan already on point. There you go. There you go. What, so- about, the, what about the hot tub? <laughs> nope. Not okay. in that petri dish. Absolutely not. <laughs> Wow. Okay. I love that. That's a hot take. That's literally. Um, so we got to know, I mean, what, what were the, what was the buzz? What were the scouts? What were the coaches saying about Dave Richard? Do we have any good Dave Richard stories from the week in Mobile? We do not, but I did get to see him in person, which was a pleasant sight to see him and Ryan Wilson caught up with him, but I'm going to find some dirt on him. <laughs> you know, I'm going to talk to my source to see what they can drudge up and see what we can See for next episode. I'm yeah. trying to think about stupid stuff I did. Don't you don't have to do anything stupid. You may think it's normal, but they caught you in that. No, I don't think they were no. going back to me. I'm pretty good about saying the stupid things that I I do. I don't think I did anything really stupid. I didn't I didn't say anything dumb to any of the players. Uh I didn't get caught in any weird like Mouse situations drums. with scouts or anything. Um, no, I think were, I'm. Were, were, were you sitting there breathing with your mouth open? Because there's probably some pictures, you know, some still shots, just you looking crazy. So I, you got to be wary of that, too. I don't think anybody, there, there weren't a lot of people in the press box. I went upstairs to watch the practices. There weren't a lot of people up there. So I don't think they've got photos of me with my mouth agape. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll dig something up. Um, all right. So here's what we're going to do today. We're going we're gonna to talk about the senior bowl, but the first portion of our show is just going to be general NFL draft talk and really talking about the best prospects that you need to know about for fantasy purposes. Um, and then I don't want to say that the senior bowl doesn't matter, Dave, because as you, you wrote, you know, a lot of really good players, the senior bowl matters in, in the past. We've had a lot of very good NFL players, right? So just give us a few examples of some of the recent players who are in the senior bowl Ended up being NFL and fantasy studs. Have you heard of the name Puka Nakua, who was at the Senior Bowl for all of one practice last year, dominated the practice, had a minor injury. He was done. He was all set. Tank Dell was at the Senior Bowl last year. Debo Samuel, once upon a time, was at the Senior Bowl. 
Uh, Ramondre Stevenson's been there. I'm trying to think of running backs I just talked about. I'm sorry. Rashad White, James Cook, Najee Harris, Walter Payton, (laughs) Tyler Lockett, Russell Wilson. Uh, Does Carson Wentz count? I don't know. How about Lane Johnson, the offensive lineman? Uh, He was there. Baker Mayfield was there. Emery, jump in any time with other players who have been there. That Prescott, Russell Wilson, Tim Tebow was there. Also, how about this story? I remember the first night. Keep in mind, I cover a lot of the FCS small school football. The first day of practice in individual drills, this receiver was dropping a few passes, and all I saw was tweets about, oh, this guy definitely can't hold it up to this top-level competition. Already is folding underneath the pressure. It was Cooper Cup. <laughs> and we know how that worked out for everybody. I, I was sitting there like, wow, I, I watched a ton of Eastern Washington, and I watched the dude break all Jerry Rice, Mississippi Valley State records, which stood since 84. There's no way on LeBron James' internet that this dude can't catch. Like, come on now, and look at what we have now. Matter of fact, the Rams got both of those guys, yeah. uh, him and Puka, Cut, out man. there yep. catching passes. It's crazy. Yep. There you go. Keep that story in mind when we talk to, about Tez Walker later on today <laughs> on this show. I just uh, before we get into the the NFL draft questions and the prospect questions, I just want to give a big thank you to everyone in our audience for voting for us at the Sports Podcast Awards. We won. We won the uh, the award for best fantasy uh, betting and gaming category. I'm so excited about it. I want to thank you all so much. Best fantasy betting and gaming podcast, Fantasy Football Today, the gold winner of 2024 and the Sports Podcast Awards. And it was all you. It was fan voting. So appreciate you getting it. I know we tell you all that, hey, vote for this, over that. And you do it. And you do it every time. It's amazing. Your dedication is, is really incredible. Blows us away. So thank you so much. All right. So first question here. Again, not Senior Bowl stuff yet. We'll get into that. But um, what should the Bears do with the first overall pick? Emery, you're on the clock. You're the Chicago Bears. They've invited you into the room, and you get to make the pick. You get to make the decision for them. What should they do? Listen, if they've been watching CBS Sports HQ since October, they know where I stand. I've been laying this out. I gave them three scenarios. You one, you keep Justin Fields in all three, right? So the first one, I'm trying to get better around Justin Fields. I'm trying to see how many points the scoreboard holds. So I will take Marvin Harrison Jr. first. I will then double back and take Malik Neighbors. I'll either <laughs> you take that as scenario one, or you want to go offensive defense because you have two first-round picks. You take whoever you think is a top receiver, Harrison or Neighbors, and then you take who I think is a top defensive end, a uh, lot two out of UCLA, right? So now you got an offensive guy and a defensive impact player to go along with Montez Sweat. Or you double back on two offensive players in scenario three. You go whichever wide receiver you think is the best, and you take an offensive lineman, Joe Alt, Bashanu, whoever you think is the best offensive lineman, you can go that route. Or if you want to go receiver and Brock Bowers, you can do that as well. I'm all about building around Justin Fields. We know this offense can be explosive. You already have DJ Moore in place. You have Cole Komet in place. You have a very solid offensive line. You can get better there. Um, you can handle a running back maybe in round two or three. There's some guys that's probably fitting that mold. But I'm all about keeping Justin Fields, um, getting a haul for that first overall pick, and keeping the Bears, the Bears with two first-round picks for the next two consecutive drafts. So this was a hot topic for obvious reasons in, in Mobile. And I, I was talking about it with people. I heard other people talking about it. I think the drumbeat is getting louder for Chicago taking Caleb Williams. So not doing what, what Emery was thinking of. And, and that means that they would probably trade Justin Fields. I'm starting to get the feeling that they're going to be able to get something decent in exchange for him. Keep in mind that whoever trades for him, would have to probably give him a new contract, so it's not going to necessarily be a first-round pick, but it could be a conditional pick where, okay, it's going to be a second-round pick, and if the team that Justin Fields goes to makes the playoffs, then it becomes a first-round pick. It could be something like that. But I was hearing a lot of Caleb Williams to Chicago. That's fine hearing it, but what would you do? Hey, listen, if someone's going to give you a first or a second for your quarterback, damn, I might not want to trade him, right? Like That just seems like just common sense, right? But also... I, the, the common theme everybody keeps talking about, Dave and Adam, is resetting the quarterback market. Yeah. You know, because yeah. you could restart the contract. Forget yeah. all that. When you're watching a game in week six and your favorite player is scoring touchdowns, you're not saying, yeah, that's great, but probably could have got him around later or probably could have reset that market. You don't care about none of that stuff. You just want to know if the player is good, if he can play. And Chicago making moves to move off of Luke Getze seems like a, a telltale that they are still up in the air. 
if you can get a second round pick for Justin Fields, imagine what you can get for Caleb Williams. And that's that's where I still stand on. Now, yeah, they could go and trade and, and get Caleb Williams. He's a great player. There's no downside. But I mean, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, in my opinion. And they got dancer the double, you know. He's 6'3", 230, tough. He could run, all of the good stuff like that. And we know Justin Fields wasn't the problem with Chicago's offense. So we'll see. It'll be fun. But I think in this particular – now, if they draft Drake May, then they've made a dumb move. Oh, you boy. know what I'm saying? So yeah. it, it Williams is a good, uh, a great player and a great prospect. But I think you continue to stockpile weapons on that offense. All right, last question on this subject here. In your opinion, Emery, how – how much better, if at all, how much better is Caleb Williams than Justin Fields as a as a pro prospector? I know it's kind of hard to compare, right? <laughs> but no, no, not really. Because okay. if, if um, I'm thinking of my grade on Fields when he came out was like an 84. He was my QB two right behind. He was an 84, 85. He was QB two right behind Trevor Lawrence, who was a 90. It was number one. Right now, and I, I could tell you this: I have graded quarterbacks. Um, uh. Williams is a 90. So he's still, it, that's where it is. Uh, so you're talking about someone that could be a, a perennial all pro versus someone that's a, a high level, consistent Pro Bowl type player. Um, that's a franchise quarterback. So it's like, you know, is really right there in, in terms of um, the quarterback position. So he's still, he's still very high, but I still have a high, higher grade on Caleb Williams. Here's here's one area that makes me nervous about Fields, and I'm I'm just looking for your reaction to this, Emery. Three years as the Bears quarterback, he started 38 games. He has three game-winning drives, two fourth-quarter comebacks. That's according to Pro Football Reference. Has he been given enough time to to, to you know show Chicago that he can be? Is he showing? Has he already shown them who he is, or is there more to him? that Chicago really hasn't been able to get out of them yet, and maybe changing coordinators is a way to do that. I think there's more to him. Uh, think about this. Everyone talks about, you know, his. it's funny because when he was coming out as a prospect, everyone talked about his deep ball and ability. He's only good because he's throwing to NFL wide receivers. Well, yeah, you look at the receivers that he had at Ohio State. How about we recreate that, right, and give him more talent at receiver? What we didn't talk about was his ability to run. Because he didn't do that at Ohio State. They're asking him to do that now. It's almost like what we talked about, what people talked about with Lamar Jackson. Well, you got to create a whole offense around him. Well, really, they were running the same offense the Patriots were running uh, at Louisville, just added quarterback power to it. So what he had to learn in the NFL under morning wig, under Greg Roman, and now under Todd Munkin was completely different than what he was doing already at Louisville with Bobby Petrino. Justin Fields is a vertical passer, a deep ball passer who also can run. He runs 4-3. So I think them trying to incorporate the run game with Justin Fields is doing him a disservice. He's more, hey, let's go deep. Let's work touchdown to check down. So I feel like whoever they bring in or wherever he goes is going to give him the opportunity to, to utilize what we saw from him at Ohio State. Yeah, the running stuff is cool. He's great at that. He's a, that's an added element. But I feel like Chicago is kind of leaning in on that. And that's not, not really his game. Uh, more so than it is dropping back and just airing that thing out deep down the field. Okay. All right, let me move on to a running back question here. Do we have a stud running back in this draft class? That's tough, man. Last year, you know, I was all over Jameer Gibbs and B. John Robinson as stud guys, right? Guys you take in round one. This year, I'm a little bit more, hey, day two, get you a guy that could be a good compliment. And I feel like we're starting to see, and I, uh, this has probably been the case for, the last decade, right, where we're seeing what we, we we all we have what we've seen so far in high school, where guys are working in tandems, so now they're working in tandems in college. So it's tough to find a guy that you can truly say that's a that's a feature back, that's a lead off back. But there is a couple of guys that that have that potential, um, in my opinion. But right now, you know, I, I would say this: the one guy to keep an eye on that has really caught my attention that just I feel like plays the game in a feature back way is Isaac Garendo out of Louisville. Uh, you know, 5'11", 220, solid week at the East-West Shrine Bowl. No one is talking about him. He's transferred from Wisconsin, was a second-team All-Big Ten as a kick returner there, got to be the guy here at Louisville, and was excellent this year 
uh, running the ball. I think he has, he reminds me a lot of Michael Turner. Um, you know, kind of same trajectory coming from Northern Illinois. Kickoff returner, ended up being a feature back in the league. I think Garendo has that capability. That's someone that I really was impressed with his tape. All right, give me a, I'll give you a tight end question here. Uh, Brock Bowers, compare him to Kyle Pitts. Let's see, Kyle Pitts was the, what, the fifth overall pick? Fourth overall pick. He was the fourth overall pick in the draft uh, in 2021. Will Brock Bowers tie that? I don't think he's going to beat it. Well, what do you think, Brock Bowers? He's going to be a top four, five, six, seven. What do you think? Yeah, you know, he's someone, if I had, if I, in the mock draft I, I did recently was Tennessee. He was on the clock when Tennessee was there. I was like, all right, I'm, I'm just taking it. I, I, you know, I can't, I did that mock draft with Ryan Wilson um, on the With the First to Pick podcast. So I went, I went, yeah, you would take him top 10. It's like comparing, to me, Brock Bowers is Travis Kelsey and Kyle Pitts is Jimmy Graham. Mm-hmm. They both play tight end, but they both played it a different way. And we'll probably get to see the real Kyle Pitts this year. Uh, but, you know, when you look at Brock Bowers, he's someone that can you could have him detached. You could have him on a line of scrimmage. You could flex him out as a slot guy. So he can do it all. Um, and if you need someone to kind of be that versatile piece within your offense, why not take him? Because, again, if we're watching games in week nine and Brock Bowers has six catches for 125 yards and a touchdown, you're not going to be like, yeah, but we would have taken him in between picks 20 to 25. I would feel a lot better than taking him in the top 10. You do not care. You just want to see the production. Uh, and then Dave, do you think Brock Bowers, we were talking about this when you did your tight end rankings, but do you, you see him as a top 10 fantasy tight end this year? I think he could get there. I, I it wouldn't surprise me in the least if we drafted him that way, just because there are so many tight ends that you can look at toward the back end of a top 12 list and say, well, I'd rather just take the chance on Bowers. Then maybe even one of those late tight ends can be there for me, and I draft two of them. So he's going to be fun to target. I don't think he's going to go anywhere near as high. Uh, I don't think he'll go anywhere near as high as where Kyle Pitts was going when he was a rookie. Maybe two rounds after that, though, and that's still in that round eight-ish type range. And he's got great potential, man. I haven't studied him, but I remember watching him play live on TV when, when Georgia has their games, and he's, he looks different. Mm-hmm. He doesn't look like your typical tight end. He looks nothing like Travis Kelsey looks right now. He's much faster, not quite as big as Kyle Pitts, but he might move a little bit better than Kyle Pitts did when Pitts was coming out of Florida. If he goes to the Chargers at five, that would be pretty interesting for his fantasy value. You know, you could see I'd be sad. Fortune. I'd be sad. You'd be sad? I'd be sad because I think Harbaugh is going to try and make that team at minimum balance. I don't think they're going to lean into Justin Herbert the same way that other offensive coordinators did. Yeah, I no, think Harbaugh. No, no, no. I think his. I think the word is just out on Harbaugh that he just he wants to run the ball. He's going to make sure that that's a huge part of their game. He loves being physical, and it kind of it's it's going to hurt Justin Herbert a little bit for sure. Yeah, Bowers could be his his Vernon Davis. Okay, and then how many years did Vernon have as like a monster fantasy tight end? Well, that that question, I don't know. That's for you guys. You guys are the experts. I have no clue. <laughs> no, I'm still, I, I don't mean, know. I, there's not a team what? in the top 10 that you'd rather, that I'd rather see him on, unless obviously there could be trades. But do I want to see him on Chicago? They have Cole Komet. Washington, I don't want to see him on Washington. I mean, that could be okay, but I'd rather see him on the Chargers. New England, I don't want to see him on New England. Arizona, they've got McBride. The Giants, no, I don't want to see him go to the Giants. Tennessee, Okay, that's interesting. I'd still rather see him go to the Chargers. Atlanta, they're not taking him. The Bears again, we already talked about that. The Jets, all right, maybe for a year with Aaron Rodgers. That's that's kind of interesting. They're 10th. Um, but I think I'd, I think the Chargers would be my favorite destination for Brock Bowers, Emery. Hey, listen, with Harbaugh and Greg Roman, that's a tight end's dream. You know, that that's to me, that's where you want to go. Um, but it, it would be, you know, a good situation for him to either end up there you look at maybe a place like Oakland, Oakland, Vegas, mm-hmm. New Orleans could be a good spot. They need more weapons there too. Um, but he he's a fantastic player. He's someone that can definitely change or enhance your offense. So yeah, it will be fascinating to see where uh, someone like Bowers goes because as with most of these tight ends, especially in fantasy, it depends legitimately on where they go. Sure, absolutely. Vernon Davis had a 13-touchdown season with Harbaugh in San Francisco, 52 catches, 
850 yards, 13 touchdowns. It is by far his best season with Harbaugh when Harbaugh was with the Niners. All right. We are going to take a break. I have one more non-senior bowl question about wide receivers, and then we'll get into the senior bowl, the best at each position for fantasy purposes and what we're thinking there. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Yeah, it's Super Bowl week, baby. I'm <laughs> so excited for this game. I think it's I think it could be a really great game. You know, I I fear that the Chiefs are just gonna kind of sort of like the Ravens game, just kind of win, not easily, but control the game. 49ers gonna be in comeback mode, but I, I don't know how it's gonna play out. I, I'm really looking forward to it and hope you all we have five episodes for you this week. So there'll be some Super Bowl talk. There'll be a big preview on, on Friday. Uh we're gonna do a mock draft this week. We're gonna do a mailbag this week. We're gonna do beyond the box score this week as well. So we have a lot planned for you. Um I'm having a Super Bowl party, Dave. I'm excited for it. There will not be I'd like to know drafts. what the menu is. I would also like to know what the menu is, because I'm kinda thinking sandwiches. Like a big oh, well. like a like a I, you're not allowed sub. to order them. Like a five-foot sub. I don't know. You kind of snickered at that, Emery. Like that, you wouldn't uh, be cool with that. Because I'm thinking of like at first you said sandwiches, then I'm like sandwiches, but then I'm thinking of you probably meant hoagies, like the yeah. Bill Cosby hoagies he used to have mm-hmm. on the Cosby Show, where you know he's, that would probably with chips and everything like that. That that could work. Yeah, that could work. But you know, wings are just so traditional. I, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I've got some time to figure it out. Uh, question. Last question here for Emery. Uh, how much of a difference is there between Marvin Harrison Jr. and the rest of the wide receivers in this class to you? Not much, man. To be completely honest, I feel like we have, uh, you know, when when you have one guy that kind of gets elevated to be the, the number one guy, everyone kind of sticks on that forever. But Malik Neighbors, it, you know, when you think about, especially that's why I grade guys the way I do. Um, Marvin Harrison, to me, can be your straight bona fide split in your X receiver. But someone like Neighbors can play all three spots, X, flanker, which is Z, slot receiver. And he's great after the catch. So it depends on what you want. Do you want, you know, the Larry Fitzgerald or do you want, you know, the Jamar Chase? Right. So it's, it, it's splitting hair. So it's not as wide of a gap as people may make it out to be. Um, so if you need a receiver, this is probably the draft to really uh, nail one within the first two rounds. All right, let's move on to the Senior Bowl. So I'm going to ask you who you guys think from the Senior Bowl does, does not have to be a player who actually played in the game, obviously. Um, Thank you. Which player do you think is going to have either the biggest NFL impact or the biggest fantasy impact? Probably the same, but maybe not. Um, and we're going to start with quarterback. Dave, I'll let you go first. Which quarterback from the Senior Bowl is going to have the biggest fantasy or NFL impact? There are two quarterbacks that I thought were head and shoulders above everybody else that was there. I'm going to go with the one that I just listed as my number one quarterback from the week. And this is a guy who I have studied. It's Michael Penix Jr. Uh, he, he showed off a very strong arm in Mobile. Mostly good accuracy. I thought his mechanics were actually better for the Senior Bowl than what we had seen in his games for Washington. I did see him struggle to connect with receivers when he was pressured. And that was one thing that I consistently saw from him on film uh, last year with Washington. I didn't watch every game with him, but certainly some from the beginning of the year, obviously the games against Michigan and Texas. Anytime he was under pressure, he wouldn't hide and, and get sacked. He was great at avoiding sacks, but he wouldn't always make huge plays. He didn't do that consistently enough when he was under pressure. And even in practices, when he's under pressure, he wasn't making huge plays then either. It's almost like he knew it's practice. It doesn't really matter. I don't need to try and be Superman here. So maybe you can excuse him for that in a practice. I don't know if I can necessarily excuse him from that in a game. And then there were some interesting rumors that came out about Penix during the week. I talked to a bunch of different people about him. And there is a growing consensus that he will not be a first-round pick. And there is a thought that he might not even be a day-two pick. I'm thinking that's because of all the injury issues that he has. Remember, four seasons of his college career. He played six years in college. He's an older prospect. Four of those six seasons finished early because of injuries. Twice for an ACL, 
twice for shoulder injuries, one to each shoulder. I think that you can look past that a little bit because it's been two years since he's suffered a season-ending injury, but it's going to come down to the medical. And this is something I did ask a lot of teams. I asked, if, if, you're, if, you're, if your doctors clear a guy, do the coaches even think about what happens? Do, do they consider that he's still injury-prone? And they all said no. Once the doctors clear him, they view a guy like he's 100%, and they don't worry about injury with him any further. I thought that was interesting to hear and maybe a little refreshing to hear about Penix because he's had all these injuries, but they are in the rear view by over 700 days. All right, Penix. And then, uh, Emery, same question to you. Could be the same answer. Which quarterback will make the biggest impact in the NFL? Well, he's my QB3, and he ended up taking the MVP of the game, and Spencer Rattler. Um, I feel like people forgot all about Spencer Rattler. Uh, he had a great start to his career at Oklahoma. Then he kind of went through a lull. And, yeah, he got beat out by a potential number one overall pick, Heisman Trophy winner, Caleb Williams. So there's nothing to sneeze at there. But then when you go back and watch the South Carolina's film from the last two seasons, he got better the last six games of last year. And this past season, he was strong. Regardless of the offensive line issues they had this year, he's still really good. So he was able to build on what he did in 2022. So for me, if if I'm a team – like the Raiders from a team like Pittsburgh, I am keeping a watchful eye on Mr. Rattler because he's good off script. He has a deep ball accuracy. He's not afraid to let it, let it fly. Um, he's making some tight window throws there at Mobile uh, that we've seen him make all throughout the season uh, the last two years in South Carolina. All right, so I got to ask. You said Rattler's your, your number three quarterback. Caleb's number one. Who's number two? Mr. Jaden Daniels, you know, listen, I don't care. He's built like an ox cord. This is someone that can really play. Um, he can fly. Uh, he reminds me a lot of, and I said this before, people thought I was nuts. Then I started to see the comparisons go out there as well. I said this back in, I think, October, that he runs like Lamar Jackson with the football in terms of elusiveness and how great of control he has running the ball. Now, Lamar is an explosive, more explosive athlete. But in terms of elusiveness and how he runs under control, Jay Daniels is right there. And if you go back and watch his freshman film uh, against Oregon and, uh, you know, him out there as a true freshman at Arizona State, when you had Brandon IU, you had Ricky Pearsall out there, wide receiver. You had some dudes. He was playing really well. 17 touchdowns, one interception. So this is a really good player. Uh, what we saw last year was just having that those pieces around him. So for me, Jaden Daniels uh, is – Hey, he is someone that if, if you're looking at how the NFL is played, you want someone that could be a plus one that can get you out of a jam, that could be that guy that can play above the X's and O's. He does that in spades. All right. All right, let's get to the running backs here from the Senior Bowl. Dave, which running back from the Senior Bowl will have the biggest NFL or fantasy impact? I don't know if there's going to be one from the Senior Bowl that's going to have a huge fantasy impact. What we've seen from Senior Bowl running backs is that the first year in the NFL – occasionally there's one that comes along that's really good, but usually it takes two, three years for one of those running backs to step up. The one that stood out to me the most was Marshawn Lloyd from USC. Uh, thick running back, powerful, low center of gravity. I thought he had good vision. I thought he was decisive, good physicality. I think he's got some explosiveness. Um, there was a play on the third day of practice. I don't know if Emory remembers where he's going to his right. He sees that there's no lane there for him to run, and he just explodes the other way. And it wasn't for a huge gain, but seeing that explosion got me excited about him. And then the other thing that I saw from Marshawn Lloyd was his receiving skills. He was running routes very nicely. I think he's got room to get even better there, but he showed off good hands as well. And that's the one thing that we saw consistently in practice from the running backs. A lot of the running backs that were in Mobile did a good job catching the ball Marshawn Lloyd was one of the guys that did the best. I think the one thing that I'm a little worried about with him is his speed. I don't think he's got that blazing speed that's going to run away from second-level defenders. I think he'll get caught from behind a decent amount from what I've seen. just This is in basic highlights. It's not like I've studied him outside of the Senior Bowl. He does get caught from behind a little bit. But there have been plenty of running backs in the history of the NFL that have power, have strength, can catch the football, and can still pick up nice chunks of yardage without necessarily being a sub-4-4 runner. All right. Uh, by the way, Marshawn Lloyd, uh, advanced metrics out of 160 running backs with 100 or more ca uh, carries, he was fifth in yards before contact per carry, 20th in yards after contact per carry, 
second in avoided tackle rate. That's out of 160 running backs last year with 100 more carries. Mm-hmm. So terrific metrics there for Marshawn Lloyd. All right, same question to you, Emery. Which uh, Senior Bowl running back will have the biggest NFL impact? It's a loaded question, but I, you know, I like the way uh, Isaiah Davis out of South Dakota State runs. I you knew know, you'd say him. I knew right, it. Reminds me so much of uh, what we used to see from um, uh, his, his name slips him. I was saying it all week. You're playing for the Vikings with the Rams. Robert Smith. Robert Smith. So, yeah. yeah, just smooth, you know, under control, six feet, 220, can catch the ball well. And what I like about him the most is that he's a finisher. And he has played in some big games at South Dakota State. You talk about the games against Iowa, you know, you talk about the playoff games, and it, he has a great sense of timing. So, hey, they need a big drive here. They need to close out this game. Guess who just rips off this 70-plus yard run? Guess who just rips off this 50-yard run and finishes by throwing his shoulder into a defensive back or, or a safety? That's, to me, the essence of playing pro ball. Um, and, and what he does as a receiver, what he does in pass pro, I feel like he's played a lot to where you can look past the South Dakota State Park. Um, and he held his own at the Senior Bowl. You know, I think that's a, a guy that, that measures up, looks the part, plays the part. I think he's going to find himself in, in, in a good situation uh, in, the, in the pros. Adam, he's six feet tall, 220 pounds, so one of the bigger running backs that was in Mobile. Hands, a 10, 10 in, 10 in, what is it, 10 and one quarter inches wide. So big old hands, long arms, and tall, heavy, heavy meaning like strong, muscular. He's going to have a place in the NFL for sure. I'm looking at my hands. I'm thinking about four inches <laughs> Your hands are not four inches. Uh, what, smaller than that? Like no, no, no. Hands? Bigger than but, four how many, inches. Like one hand? And it, yeah, yeah. One hand from, from you know, you stretch your hand out and it's from to, your pinky to your thumb. Oh, you can ask Kenny Pickett about it. Okay, four yeah, and a half. I bet yours is at least eight and uh, eight and one eighth inches long. I was divided by two. Um, and Emery, I knew you'd love Isaiah Davis. One, because he's a he's a stronger running back. But two, the small school factor, the FCS factor. Hmm. No, like, no, no, no. You got a soft spot for that. I, could, I can kind of poke holes in the other guys. Like, uh, I love Lloyd. Lloyd, to me, I thought I was shocked. This is a good thing. I was shocked that he measured in at 5'9", 217. Because mm-hmm. he plays like he's 5'11", 225. Yes, he does. Um, and, you know, I love Ray Davis, but Ray Davis is probably my age. You know, and, you know, so... <laughs> But Ray Davis is a really good running back, too. Um, and the Georgia running back was really good as well. Like, he had a really solid week. But uh, as I've graded these running backs this year, there's a, there's a I guess they call them tiers, but there's a, a tier of backs that have a lot of the same grade. It's insane to see a lot of these guys that, are, that I think are really just RB2s. So it's kind of hard to say mm-hmm. who's going to have the biggest impact. So that's why I went with the guy that, that measured up, that looked the part, and uh, and his skill set, you know, and it's hard for running backs to stand out in an all-star game setting. But when you put the film on, Dave is, is tremendous. Yeah, Dave also wrote an article about um, the, you know, comparing senior bowl prospects to current NFL prospects. He wrote about Dylan Lobby out of New Hampshire, who's, I mean, I don't know if he's going to be a big ball carrier, but he is one hell of a pass catcher as a running back. And he had 68 catches for 699 yards and seven touchdowns last year. For New Hampshire, and I just wonder if he's going to have, you know, a really nice NFL career and a fantasy you know, number three running back in fantasy, just catching a lot of passes, Gio Bernard type of player or something like that. So I'm curious to see what what ends up happening with him. Yeah, um, yeah. Let me just let's but, go. Yeah, go ahead. Good. Yeah, I was going to say I I was on, I did the broadcast for their game against Mammoth, and you know, yeah, Jaden Shirt on one side and Dylan Lobby on the other side. I, I'm not going to say they spam targets to him. But he was the focal point of, you know, their offense. Like they just, you know, pass here, pass here, pass here. So, yeah, I mean, for fantasy, I guess that's racking up receptions. But there's some, there's some peeling back of the onion there as well. Gotcha. Sure. Right. And he's got the same problem that Ray Davis has in terms of age. Um. Yeah. Davis is going to be 25 years old, by the way, uh, in November, I believe. So yeah, older mm-hmm. prospect. Let's take a break and let's come back and talk about Senior Bowl wide receivers and tight ends and anything else that you fantasy managers need to know from the Senior Bowl. We'll be right back. Emery, I'm going to have time to ask Dave this, but Emery, I'm not going to have time to ask you this before the game. What's your Super Bowl pick? 
you like? Man, I'm on HQ all throughout this week and on pregame, so I got a lot of time to give my pick, so I'm not going to give you that answer. It's <laughs> early in the week. Absolutely not, but I will say this. I like the over. I do feel like we can get points of plenty in this game. All right. I hope you're right. That'd be fun. So, wide receiver. Which wide receiver from the Senior Bowl will have the biggest impact or fantasy impact in the NFL? Dave Richard. Well, you know it always comes down to fit and who's catching or who, who they're catching passes from. So, great wide receivers end up on teams with mediocre quarterbacks and their numbers aren't so great. But the guy who had the best week of any player, in my opinion, is Roman Wilson from Michigan. Beyond a rookie level as far as route running technique goes, he adjusts and goes all out for off-target throws. He knows how to exploit gaps in zone coverage. Good speed with better explosiveness. Played through contact. He was really a very impressive wide receiver. Made great made great plays each of two days of practice that he had. He was he was good to go by the Wednesday practice. When he was done with that, he didn't need to show up anymore. I think he left town before Thursday's practice. Clearly didn't play in the game. If there's negatives to Roman Wilson, here's a big one. He's undersized. He's he's like five ten and something and like 180 pounds. He's got size that looks like uh like Tyler Lockett. So a little bit undersized compared to what you look for from an NFL wide receiver. And I don't kind of the same complaint that I had with Marshawn Lloyd. I'm not sure he's got that breakaway top end speed. He's got the speed in his routes to get open. It's just about just how many yards can he get after that um, once he does make the grab. Some defensive backs during practice did run step for step with him. That's where I got the idea that maybe he wasn't going to have. He had, no one's Tyreek Hill. But he might not even be the next tier down from Tyreek Hill as far as speed goes. But his hands, his routes, absolutely outstanding. Could very easily see him become a big-time contributor as soon as the 2024 season, if everything breaks right for him, including where he goes on draft night. All right, Roman Wilson for Dave. How about you, Emery? Which wide receiver will make the biggest NFL impact from the Senior Bowl? I've watched the NFL. Yeah, I was born in 81, so... I've watched the NFL since 86, right? And I know how the NFL operates. I'm going Luke McCaffrey, right? Ooh. And here's why. One, it's family lineage. He's going to get drafted. And two, unbeknownst to a lot of people out there, he is a very fantastic athlete. I don't know if you know about the McCaffrey family, but they are all <laughs> terrific athletes. And Luke is someone that can play multiple positions. He's someone that can carry the ball. He's someone that can run good routes from the outside, also on the inside. I see him having a very productive rookie season because of his versatility. And when you add in the family name and, you know, the McCaffrey playing the Super Bowl and now they're going to try to get him to get his brother. Like, it's the NFL is it's the best soap opera out there. I'm going to Luke McCaffrey out of Rice. He's a former quarterback as well. So not only can he run the ball and catch the ball, he had arguably the best catch of the senior bowl game. It was a one-handed snag. But he can throw the ball, too. So Think I wanna, about that. You get four players in one. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask you about a guy who a lot of people thought had NFL lineage, but he's not related to Phil McConkey. But Lad McConkey, <laughs> you know, I, when you said McCaffrey, I was like, what, what about Luke McCaffrey, Lad McConkey? They're like the same name. But I man, this is a guy that it, it is Georgia. Right. And they are just killing everyone. But. You can't watch a Georgia game without him making some type of an impact. And, you know, from everything I read, he had a great week at the Senior Bowl. And I want my team to end up with Lad McConkey. I don't know when he's going to get drafted, but um, what do you think about McConkey? Listen, I, I have the tweets. I'll probably find it and retweet it at some point. But and I said this because stylistically, he reminds me of this guy. And when you this was like two years ago when you he was always open, beating somebody deep down the field. But his his explosiveness and springs, as I call it, remind me so much of Lance Allward. Right. Bambi. Like he just so light on his feet. And mm -hmm. we saw that down in Mobile. And again, full disclosure, one on ones is the worst drill for defensive backs because you have no safety help, no linebackers, no pass rush. You have a whole field. It's like dropping you off in the middle of a parking lot and saying, get to the sideline and cover. Like, it's impossible for defensive backs. So, yes, he's going to win one-on-ones and look crazy doing it, like crazy in a good way. But McConkey can can play ball, and he is someone that just knows how to leverage and knows how to get deep, and I think he's going to be a fantastic receiver in the NFL as well. 
He's a smaller version of Roman Wilson Mm. with the same issues that I said for Roman Wilson. I'm a little bit worried about he's springing his step. I don't know if he's going to be a burner at the next level, but a guy who could work in the slot in the National Football League for the next nine years and come up with 50 to 60 catches a year. I think you can pencil that in right now. Yeah. Well, if the Rams draft him, I'll I'll it's put him in the hall, I'll put him in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> it doesn't have to be the Rams. Now it could be any of the Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan disciples. Sure. They're, they're all over the place. Yeah, every every single team, basically. All right, tight end, Dave. Which tight end is going to make the biggest NFL or fantasy impact? This was a bad group of tight ends at the Senior Bowl. The only one that stood out to me was, and Emery first name on this is either Jaheem or Jaheem. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. I never got the pronunciation of Bell from Florida State, who's probably more of an H-back than a tight end. He's short. He's not like, a, you know, your typical tight end is 6'4 to 6'7 and, you know, 260 pounds, something like that. He's a smaller and shorter type of player, but I love the way that he could catch the ball away from his body. And he just has those hands not quite as big as, as, uh, as whose hands were we talking about earlier? Um, my hands, uh, the running back. No, not your hands. The the other running back. <laughs> Isaiah Davis. Yes. Not nearly as big as those cloppies, but still good, strong hands that could snare in passes. I thought he was the best pass catcher who went to Florida State, who was at the senior bowl practices this week and someone who made plays uh, in practice, scored a bunch of touchdowns and and was able to get away a little bit from coverage. The other tight ends that were there, I think they all struggled as far as pass catching goes. They were better and blocking, uh, and that sort of thing. So Bell is the best of, of kind of an under-exciting bunch. All right, Dave, I did eight seconds of YouTube research, and I've got Jaheim Bell. Jaheim Bell. You were making the J it. a Y, which is interesting. That's a bold, bold move there, not just making it a J. That's okay. <laughs> Jaheim Bell, that's what I got right now. Unofficial pronunciation. How about every height? Who you got a tight end? I thought... This young man was one of the best ones there at tight end. Uh, Theo Johnson out of Penn State, the Canadian kid from Windsor, Ontario. Um, so he's also eligible for the CFL draft as well, but they don't use tight end. So he's going to be in the NFL playing really well. Uh, right, route running is outstanding. Um, made some contested catches. It was very good in the red zone. I thought just from a pure tight end standpoint, fluid uh, athlete, made some great catches. So, I thought Theo was was really strong all throughout the, the week there. Um, and I, to me, he's someone that kind of reminds me of what the Dolphins had uh, before they traded him off. Um, now his name slips me. Mike uh, position. Gasicki. He's kind of like that, right? But a little bit more fluid. Got a little bit more sauce on his food than, than Gasicki did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I'm really very – I'm not anti-sauce on food, but I just feel like <laughs> – Good food doesn't really need sauce. That's just kind of, you know, it's my philosophy. Don't don't say that in New Orleans because you will get <laughs> exiled. <laughs> oh, I could never live there. I the whole t- it's just everything's too spicy for me there. I I would be at like McDonald's every day. It's the only thing I'd be able to tolerate. Um, all right, let's recap here. Quarterback who will make the biggest NFL impact uh, just from the Senior Bowl. Dave said Michael Penix. Emery said Spencer Rattler. Running back. Dave said Marshawn Lloyd. We could use another Marshawn. In the NFL, right? We could just call him Marshawn. It'd be great. Uh, uh, Emery said Isaiah Davis. Wide receiver, Dave had Roman Wilson. Emery had Luke McCaffrey. Tight end, Jaheim Bell for Dave. Theo Johnson for Emery. I, I mean, I, for, as far as the rest of the show, I just want to know who stood out and, and who you think is going to be fantasy relevant. Who's going to be a quarterback, running back, wide receiver, or tight end? And if you want to throw some, you know, you want to throw some love to the other positions, that's perfectly fine as well. I mean, we're football fans here, but Emery, you got anybody, any names that uh, that you're dying to talk about here from last week? I'm, I, I, listen, is IDP a thing still? Sure. Like, yes, for sure. Down with IDP. Okay. Gabe Hall, defensive lineman, Baylor was outstanding from start to finish. You know, someone that was playing inside uh, there at the Senior Bowl, but clearly, you know, he reminds me a lot of Chris Jones. You know, he was six five, two ninety eight. They had him playing over the guard. He was whooping the guard all week. But if you just extrapolate that and put him outside as a five technique or maybe as a seven, he could still have a lot of success. So I just thought he had a, a fantastic week. Um, and Quinion Johnson uh, as mm-hmm. well, the, the cornerback from Toledo, uh, picking off passes. He was the only cornerback making one-on-ones look easy for defensive backs. Yes. How well he was covering. I mean, 
Stop making excuses for these defensive backs. What other position are you? Oh, yeah, you don't get any safety help. You don't get any linebacker help. Like, let these guys do it on their own, Emery. Why you got to give them help all the time? Because wide receivers love to run these mad bohemian routes with like 17 cuts. The dude would have been sacked six times over. It would have been delayed game because the offense was in the huddle. You still on your fifth cut trying to run a dig route. Hurry up. <laughs> okay, good point, good point. Um, they need a timer in practice so the quarterback right. just can't sit there for four and a half seconds. It's, it's really true. What do you got, Dave? Well, speaking of lineage, uh, let's talk about Brendan Rice, who who isn't a perfect prospect, but I thought two of the three days of practice down in Mobile, he looked great. Um, a lot of quality route running traits of other senior bowl receivers. I like his big body. He's a bigger type of wide receiver, really long arms. He extends those arms to bring in passes that are thrown off target. I thought he had a surprising explosiveness and quickness for a larger wide receiver, not necessarily saying that he was the most explosive or the, the, the fastest wide receiver that was there. Just for his size, I think that he could move a little bit better than your typical wide receiver. He he went to the same school as Michael Pittman, went to the same school as Drake London. I think he's in between those guys in terms of explosiveness. I don't think he's as fast or as explosive as Drake London. He might be a little bit better, a little bit better than Michael Pittman in that regard. And so it's that speed that holds him back. He doesn't have big speed. Did have an occasional drop in practices, but on top of being a big physical type of wide receiver that can move, He's also the son of Jerry Rice. And that's obviously something that tells me that he can, he's got that lineage. He knows what he's doing out there. He'll be a pro from day one in the National Football League. I will say this to, to back up Dave's point. You know, he's not the fastest, he's not the most explosive. So, and I remember it's true that one of the hardest receivers to cover is the slower wide receiver because he has great body control on how to get in and out of his cuts. We saw him use the, his big body to shield guys off to mm-hmm. keep that little bit of separation that he was able to get. So you're right. He has a lot of nuance that could yield itself to him playing a very long time. Uh, I can't do a, a senior bowl show without asking about Bo Nix. Did we talk about him at all? I feel like we did not. We did not. What are our thoughts? This is Oregon's quarterback. He played three seasons with Auburn and then two with Oregon. And the numbers I mean, this is where you wonder, is it just a system thing? I don't know, but it, completely different results, you know, with Oregon than with Auburn. Um, what What's going on there, and how do you feel about Bo Nix, uh, quarterback? Uh, could, be a, could be a first-round pick. We'll see. What do you think, Emery? I think he's best served being a QB, too. Um, I think he is someone that he's a gamer, but we saw out there, uh, you know, Dave brought up Michael Penix and how he looked during the week. And he, you know, again, same time office, essentially Bo Nix. But he had guys, he was hitting guys in stride on the first day, and it seemed like he was playing with these guys for a full season. Bo Nix never really found that continuity or consistency with the placement or the accuracy. And then when you look at his athleticism and, you know, project that to the NFL, where everyone is an elite athlete, it kind of puts him in that Sam Howell bowl, right? So I kind of feel like Bo Nix, I don't know where the first round talk was coming from, uh, but I feel like he is a, a solid QB, too. Another older prospect. No, it doesn't really matter with quarterbacks, but he didn't have the best of weeks. Um, so he's really going to have to wow people in these interviews and, and hopefully uh, can raise his stock when no football is being played. Because on the football side of things, he's probably a day two pick. Also, I agree 100 percent. Yeah. And I, I, I will say I thought his best day of practice was the last day of practice. And he was pretty sloppy the first two days. But. It, it, it took him a little while to get there. He's a little undersized. I, I don't know how good he is as a downfield thrower, and that just makes me nervous. I feel the same way that Emery does. Okay. And uh, since we're talking about lineage, no relation to Hakeem Nix, from what I understand, <laughs> or the New York or Stevie, <laughs> or Wendy Nix for, for you know, or, you know, all the Nixes out there. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, Nix Sirianni, not related. <laughs> Uh, so have you just not made your Super Bowl pick, Emery, or are you just keeping us in suspense? A little bit of both. Uh, I kind Because, again, I'll tell you right. This is what I will tell you. Everything that I said for Baltimore beating Kansas City applies to the San Francisco 49ers. Kyle Shanahan is just not dumb enough to abandon what could potentially work against Kansas City. We'll see who gets the, the lemon booty in the playoffs in the Super Bowl in the big game and tighten up when they shouldn't 
So that's why I'm still kind of staying mum because okay. I thought Baltimore had everything that they should have done to win the game except Kyle Monkey decided, you know what? We are not the number one rushing team in the foot in football. We are the 31st rushing team in football. <laughs> We're going to run the ball six times and see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. I, again, it's just going to be turnovers for me and it's just, the Chiefs just don't do it. But um, all right, looking forward to hearing everyone's Super Bowl pick later. And then finally, Emery, you said you started watching football in 86. I The first game I remember watching was the Giants winning the Super Bowl in January of 1991. So I'm wondering, mm. the first game you remember watching the Giants winning the Super Bowl in 87? Or do you remember anything before that? No, I, actually, the first game I remember watching was the first game I went to. My mom had Saints season tickets. Ah. So I remember going to the Superdome that year, Saints versus the Los Angeles Rams. Jim Everett in the Superdome, Henry Ellard. The, the Dome Patrol was there. Was rock. I remember just being so loud there. I, I really couldn't understand why it was just so loud. I couldn't hear myself think. Um, and then I was hooked. So I, that was awesome. the first game I attended and watched uh, as a kid. Oh, that is awesome. How about you, Dave? I remember going to a Super Bowl party for Super Bowl 19. And my dad convincing me to bet a dollar with him on the Super Bowl. I, I had no idea what I was doing. And I, I bet the Dolphins and they lost. And I remember being upset about that. But I grew up in Chicago. And the year after that was Super Bowl 20. And, and the Bears were just iconic that point in time. And so everybody fell in love with the Chicago Bears then. Uh, and, and I remember going to maybe like just two Bears games with my dad. Because like five years later, there was a guy named Michael Jordan who was really becoming a big thing in Chicago. And he kind of took over where the Bears left off, and I became a big basketball fan when I was a kid. But, yeah, the Bears in, in the mid-'80s, that's when I really, in earnest, started loving football. Awesome. All right, well, I love this show. This was great information. Thank you both very much. Um, we will talk to Emery many times throughout the pre-draft process. And Dave, yeah, I think Dave will be back. So, uh, anyway. I big, hope so. <laughs> big week coming up. Mock draft with listeners, mailbag, beyond the box score, and we'll talk to you on Tuesday on Fantasy Football Today.